Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. G'day folks and welcome to the Encounters Down Under podcast. I'm your host Anthony Goodall and I invite guests to the show to share their amazing encounters with aliens and UFOs. If you or someone you know has had an encounter down under or anywhere in the world for our new segment Encounters Unbound, please get in touch with me via the Encounters Down Under Facebook page or email at australianufosightings at outlook.com.au. Be sure to join the Encounters Down Under Facebook page and YouTube channel where you can also get involved during the live stream interviews, sharing your thoughts and opinions during the live show. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to give us a rating or review on your favorite listening platform. But anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get into what you've been waiting for. Kick back and relax with your favorite beverage and enjoy the show. This episode is available to view on our YouTube channel, so be sure to like and subscribe to the channel and leave a comment with your thoughts on the episode. G'day folks and welcome back to another Canada's Den on the live stream. Hope everyone's doing Great so far. Hang on, what's going on here? That's going to be weird here. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, guys. I hope everything's coming through all right. I probably can't hear me because the bloody microphone's all the way over here. I have not set myself up properly here, guys. Sorry. Um, I hope you can hear me all right. Coming through fine. Um, I haven't tested myself out here yet. But hello, I'm hoping it's going fine. <laughs> it's going good. I've rushed in a little bit there, running a bit late because um, I've been out there doing a bit of Halloween stuff myself. So <laughs> I'm a bit uh, tired and exhausted and then. You know, running around with the kids there and dressing up and carrying on as we do on Halloween. And and uh, for me, I absolutely love Halloween. It's absolutely good fun. Get up in the spooky stuff and and you know just enjoying it all. With uh, you know, what the hell is Halloween season supposed to be about? Uh, I know a lot of the Aussies around here don't really like Halloween, but um, for what it is worth, um, you know, there's a big history behind Halloween itself. There, it's not just about you know people dressing up and going for the lollies at random people's houses and such like that. Um, because America pretty much, uh, they commercialized off it as most of the, uh, you know, commercial industries do. They'll try and find it and then they can try and commercialize off. And of course, yeah, Halloween's one of them. Um, but still, it makes it good fun there for the kids there to go and dress up and try and scare some kids, especially me. I love going and scaring kids and my little dress up. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I have a lot of fun with it. 
Um, but yeah, guys, um, look, if you just want to have a chat with me and talk about your scary encounters, um, by all means, um, you know, jump on in and hit that link there. I hope the links works. If you're not, it's in the description there. Otherwise, hit me up on the uh, the messenger there through the Facebook chat uh, for the Facebook page, and I'll get you on once I've set that up a little bit better. Like I said, I'm running a little bit behind here, and I should get things working there. So yeah, let's, um, if it's not working for you in the link in the description there or in the chat there, um, hit me up through the messenger there, guys, and I'll send you the link straight up when I can. Um, so yeah, by all means, I'm inviting everyone here. The lines are open. Um, it will be through StreamYard itself i don't have the phone lines hooked up there we tried that last time there and things didn't want to work properly and it's just i'm living alone i'm not really set up for it properly for that sort of stuff there um i need a few bit of, bits of gear here and there to go and really help that work properly and you know just a few things here and there to go and really set up to make that work but um we'll make it work through this stream yard and yeah um, hey guys don't forget to go and hit that link there if you want to join in uh, it'd be great to have you on here but look, um, I'll go, go a little bit of a spiel through here, a bit of a bit of a history in Halloween. Um, if I bring that up properly, because like I said, I'm unprepared. <laughs> um, you know, Halloween's actually celebrated all the way around. Um, so let's give a little bit of a history on the Halloween itself there, so everyone understands it's not just an American thing; it is a worldwide thing. So I'll go through here with the first thing that sort of popped up through <laughs> like, you know, the old Google here. So um, Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, holiday observed on th October 31st, the evening of All Saints, or All Hallows' Day. The celebration marks the day before the Western Christian Feast of All Saints and the in in uh, initiates the seasons of All Hallow Tide, which lasts three days and concludes with All Souls' Day. In much of Europe and most of North America, observance of Halloween is largely non-religious. Halloween had its origins in the, uh, in the festival of Samhain, I think that's how you pronounce that, among the Celts of ancient Britain and Ireland on the day corresponding to November 1st and con uh, contemporary calendars, the new year was believed to begin. That date was considered the beginning of the winter period, in, uh, winter period the date on which the herd herds were returned from pasture and ten uh, land tenures were renewed. During the Samaritan festivals, the souls of those who had died were believed to return to visit their homes and those who had died during the year were believed to journey to the other world. People set bonfires on hilltops for relighting uh, re their hearth fires for the winter and to frighten away evil spirits, and they sometimes wore masks and other disguises to avoid being recognised by the ghosts thought to be present. Uh, it was on those day, uh, sorry, it was on those ways that beings such as witches, hobgoblins, fairies, and demons came to the association with that day. The period was also the uh, the, the period was also thought to be favourable for divination on matters such as marriage, health, and death. When the Romans conquered the Celts in the first century CE, they added their own festivals of Feralia, commemorating the passing of the dead, and of Pomona, the goddess of the harvest. Um, it keeps going on there, but you know, there's lots of different sort of, uh, you know, a lot of cultures there that sort of uh, celebrate the dead. You have the the uh, what was it the South Americans there? There was a Dimortes. I can't remember now. It was the Day of the Dead, basically. Uh, you also have uh, you know, there's a couple of things over in Africa. I can't think of what that one's called now. Um, you know, uh, India has the same one there. Like, there's a lot of places there that have like different cultures that have their own ways of celebrating the dead. We just, uh, yeah, like I said, we celebrate the 31st of October every year and that's supposed to be coming back from our bit of a European heritage there, um, if you're from that sort of heritage. Uh, but either way, look, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting way of doing things. It's um, 
especially doing this way, but we just made a bit of fun out of it, you know, it makes it fun. So anyway, look, I'm going to go through here with a few of a, uh, while we're waiting for someone to go and jump in the lines here, if it's um, going to come through, if someone's wants to get on the get on the bandwagon there and have a chat there, don't remember, go, uh, don't forget guys, that we do have the link there to go and get in. I'll share that again through the chat there. If you just want to jump in, it is through StreamYard, so make sure you hit the the prompts there that say yes to accept the camera if you want the camera on, or at least accept the audio so you will come through properly. And I'll go through a few of these scary stories of uh, from Australia's history. So I'm not sure what this one here. Uh, let's have a look. So located in regional Victoria, this asylum was built in 1865 a time when little was known of mental health conditions. The building administered lobotomies and electroshock treatments on its patients, resulting in over 13,000 deaths on the premises. Holy jeez. One notable ghost that haunts the halls of Arradale Mental Asylum is Nurse Kerry, who is believed to walk the woman's wards. Many have heard her voice and the clicking of her heels. Nurse Kerry isn't the only ghost to remain in Arradale, though. Some visitors have reported seeing shadow people in the halls, while others claim they've been scratched, bitten, or pushed during these tours. Which is a bit, ooh, so, a bit creepy. Then you've got Adelaide Arcade. Adelaide Arcade is one of the oldest shopping arcades in Australia, having operated since the mid-1800s. Behind the glossy storefronts in a dark and gruesome history that lives on through the ghosts that haunt its halls, the f most famous ghost here is that of former caretaker Francis Clooney. The caretaker's mangled body was found in the machinery that powered Adelaide's arcade's electric lighting, and though it is presumed his death was accidental, there are rumours that his, he was murdered. Clooney's ghost is apparently around to this day. Manhattan dry, cleaner standard, uh, Manhattan dry cleaner stands in the spot where Clooney met his end, and staff say that paranormal activity occurs daily while several security guards claim to have seen the former caretaker. So if you know any of these places, um, might be worthwhile going and checking it out. Another one down in Melbourne there, uh, Young, Young and Jackson Hotel. Melbourne's Young and Jackson Hotel started trading in the mid-1800s and still operates today. As a result of its vast history, it's no surprise that the building has a resident ghost. A number of people have reported seeing the apparition of a woman standing against a light post near the hotel. At first, she appears to be a beautiful woman, but as you get closer, you see that her throat has been slashed from ear to ear. Nothing is known of the ghost, but some believe she is the spirit of a murdered prostitute. Ugh. Get a deep throat out of that one, eh? Oh, hey. <laughs> I didn't. Anyway. So this one's in Kapunda. I'm not sure where this one is. Kapunda, if you know. Oh, it's in Adelaide. All right. So Kapunda, just an hour out of Adelaide, is widely considered the most haunted town in Australia, while Kapunda itself is spooky. It's quite spooky. The North Kapunda Hotel, in particular, has a reputation for being one of the scariest places in the town. The building boasts a number of different ghosts, from the spirits of two little girls to a mysterious malevolent entity in black. Eee. Children ghosts are creepy enough as it is. Thank you. I'll pass on that one. Some of the spirits seen on the property are two young girls, though it is said that one of the girls remains to be the upstairs area of the hotel to avoid an evil spirit. Another spirit believed to haunt the property is that of Dr. Blood. Yes, you heard that correctly. Uh, Dr. Blood is said to have performed shocking experiments on humans. Finally, the man in black is another spirit frequently spotted at the hotel. He is said to dress entirely in black and sport a wide-brimmed hat. He has a misogynic side with the spirit terrifying the female ghost and attacking the hotel's female visitors. 
So if you're a woman, do not go that way. But either way, um, be spooky if you want to see. And I guess then you're going to see your, your hat man as well, which is uh, pretty known for a paranormal sort of encounter. Uh, the old Melbourne Gale, I think I pronounced that right. The old Melbourne Gale held some of Australia's most dangerous and infamous criminals, including Ned Kelly. Visitors can even view Kelly's death mask, which is on display at the Gale. Uh, one cell in particular has a reputation for violence in the mysterious cell, 17. No one knows which ghost inhibits or inhabits this cell, but many visitors have reported as being scratched, bitten, and bruised by the spirit in this room. Uh, the Princess Theatre, down in Melbourne again. The Princess Theatre in what is one of the most famous landmarks in Melbourne, having hosted several vibrant performances over the years. Uh, an actor known as Frederick Federici died during a performance in the 1800s and has been wandering the halls ever since. Even famous actors say they have seen Federici and some visitors claim they have felt his touch. Uh, what's that, Michelle Fell, Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your podcast, please, Anthony? I do have a first episode there if you're interested in that one. Um, the first episode of season four there, I threw one in there. Uh, just telling you a little bit about myself there, how I started out and a few encounters I've had of myself and where I sort of got the uh, encouragement to sort of, you know, sort of start creating a podcast. But just to give a quick little run down there, I sort of had myself a bit of a bit of an interest as a kid there with aliens and that. Well, the old man sort of had a, a bit of an encounter there, which sort of really sparked it a bit more of an interest there. But I've always had an interest in the stars and the universe and such like, you know, and basically as I was growing up there, you know, as we all do, we sort of have a curiosity, what's, a, what's beyond the stars? It wasn't until I had my own little bit of an encounter there of seeing some strange objects there that I couldn't really uh, explain myself and a few other mates have seen it as well. They um, they seen it as well, couldn't explain it either. There was no sound it went directly above them. It was nothing phenomenal, but still questionable to say the least. And... Basically, from there, started the Australian UFO sightings page there, which is now the biggest um, Australia, uh, Facebook page for UFO sightings, which is um, going good there. And then eventually, I decided to go and create my own podcast here and talk to people because that's where the uh, the action's all happening. You know, I, I don't, I'm not here to doubt anyone's experiences there. I'd love to hear people have share their encounters, which I'm more than happy to go and talk to. But um, I do go on a critical analysis there, where I will try and explain things away before you know saying that the there was um, I do a critical analysis basically to try and say it's not a UFO first. You know, I don't go saying it's claiming it's an alien UFO. I'll do try and rule out things like it's a drone, a star, a planet, Starlink, satellite, something like anything that can be explainable. I'll try and rule them out first for some sort of logical explanation first, and then yeah, say otherwise. Um, calling it an alien craft is something I won't call at all. Um, because there's never enough evidence to really claim something like that. Unless you see something, do something that absolutely defies the logic, uh, the defies our known capabilities. Like I was saying, like zigzag and you know, like normal spaces across the sky, or you know, watching something just you know stop dead and then turn to the right. There, drones can do that, but you know, I'm talking about something that's you know quite in high regard. Of um, that's not a satellite, uh, sorry, a drone. So. Um, you know, look, the more critical analysis we can have on these things here, the better, because it brings more accountability to people's encounters there if they have seen something that's questionable. Um, if you can rule that out first, then, yeah, absolutely, you're going to bring more credibility to your own encounter. So that's um, that's one of those things that I basically do. So I, I do analyse, I do sort of, a bit of slow, sort of investigate into people's encounters and that. Um, so, yeah, if you do need, need help with something there, just sort of like try and analyse a little bit or need some help with something you might have seen, 
happy to help out where I can. Um, so what's going on? Why did you remove your comment? Patrick was oh, okay. No, let's go through there. It's right, right, yeah, no worries there, Shell. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, so Patrick here's got us a little comment in here saying I was 10 years old in 1974 and I was walking back home from shopping and I stopped for a break and sat by a wall when something happened and the thing next and next thing I know is that I was home without my shopping. I had no idea how I got there or where I'd been. Over the years, I started remembering things about who and what I saw and what happened to me. Ooh, that is interesting, Patrick. Thanks for sharing that, mate. Have you, um, feel free to come on and jump on and hit the link there, mate. Come on and talk about your experience there, mate. The lines are open. I'm inviting everyone who is interested to come and talk to you about your experiences. Um, what better way to go and have you jump on here and go and tell yourself, mate? That's um, absolutely incredible. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of missing time there, which is very interesting. I'd love to know a bit more behind that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that just seem to happen. And it happens whenever we least expect it. And to me, that's just the scariest part of all because, you know, you could be one place they're doing your shopping for, for one or you're driving down the road and the next minute there's a couple of hours missing on your drive or wherever you're going. That's, that's, and no one seems to really account for where you are, you know, or what happened to you, um, which is, or even see you for that matter, which is even more scary. So. Um, so yeah, guys, by all means, hit the links there. I'll throw another link in the comments there. I hope it's coming through and you can click that link. If not, jump in through the through the uh, the chat there in the messenger and I'll throw it up. I'll invite you in. Excuse me. Uh, let's go back to our creepy little Halloween stories I've got here. Um, so what have we got? Uh, the Princess Theatre done that one. So Monte Cristo Homesteads, this one's in New South Wales. This Victorian manor house in regional New South Wales has been the site of several gruesome events, including the death of a stable boy in a fire and the death of a maid who fell from the balcony. To this day, visitors the, to the Monte Cristo Homestead claim to see the maid standing on the balcony and the stable boy haunting the grounds. A visitor even reported she woke up in the night to see a family of three staring at her. Ugh. That's scary. Ah, uh, we got shells there. I used to play UFOs when I was a young girl. I would pretend that I was in the UFOs command center, control center, so a keyboard. And I'm starting to think that I may have had visitors. Uh, the greys in my room as a child too. Ooh, very interesting. Yeah, feel free to go and throw a bit more info on that, or come on and join me on the podcast here and uh, the live stream now and join me in. It'd be very interesting to have you on. And tell us what you think you might have encountered. Uh, what else we got? So we've got the, the La Rondelle Mental Asylum in Melbourne has a dark history filled with supernatural activity. One of the spookiest stories involves the ghost of a young girl who once called the asylum home. All she owned was a music box, and it is said that she uh, sorry, it, and it is said that visitors can sometimes hear the sound of her music box echoing through the ruined halls. Oh, could you imagine walking down the dark corridors and got this little music box coming on? It sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> oh, jeez, we may have missed out on that one. Thank you. Right, so the next one is Port Arthur. Tasmania's Port Arthur is among the oldest ports in Australia and one of the original penal colonies. As a result, it is uh, it has a reputation for being haunted. One of the famous spirits to live there, uh, live here, is the Blue Lady who lost her child during childbirth. And haunts Port Arthur in constant search for a baby. That's quite tragic and sad. 
the Richmond Bridge. So Tasmania's Richmond, uh, Richmond Bridge is notable for two reasons. First, it is the oldest bridge in Australia, and second, it holds the title of Australia's most haunted bridge. It is said that a spirit named George Grover lives at the bridge after being murdered while overseeing repairs. Some claim to see Grovers stalking them, with many experiencing an overwhelming sense of aggression from the spirit. That creepy crossing bridge at that time, and they're almost sort of standing there. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yeah, guys, look, if you've had an account, it doesn't matter if it's a uh, paranormal, cryptid, UFO, whatever you've sort of encountered, this might be scary. Um, it's on, it's open all tonight there to, um, you know, for you to come in here and join in with me there. Hit, hit those links there in the description there. Uh, come and join me. It'll be, um, yeah, make sure you hit those, the microphone prompts there, and the camera prompts if you want to use your camera. And come and join me. Tell me any scary stories that you want to go and share with the rest of the world here. I'd love to get you on there. Well, it's going to be a bit of a short show tonight. But otherwise, um, you know, it's still good having you on here. I love having you on here and chatting in the comments here. Um, looking to get back more onto these podcasts a lot sooner. There, I'm starting trying to get a bit more organized now with what's happening with my new job and all sorts of stuff and the new roster and that. Um, so I've got Patrick's back here. He's saying, uh, over the years, I started to remember things like who they were and what they looked like. Uh, the, the American TV show, The Chameleon as an Alien, which they called The Chameleon. That looks exactly like what I had seen. Other things started to come back, like what Deja Vu was. Parallel universes, how the fuel, uh, parallel universes, how the fuel, the cells in the crafts, they use the sun's energy to recharge their fuel cells. Fair enough, that's interesting. Uh, they said that reincarnation is real. Yeah, look, I wouldn't doubt reincarnation is uh, quite real. There's also a few stories there where, you know, our sort of, our souls sort of like, you know, we're our bodies are just a, a oh, geez, I can't even think now. We're just a, a, a thing for our souls to go on, a vehicle basically for our souls to go on and experience things there. And once we die, we sort of go back out into the into the nether or the ether or something like, you know, we sort of roll around in a bit of a different yeah, vehicle. Yeah, vehicles, <laughs> you know, we're just um, a vessel. I think the vessel is the one I was trying to think of. And we just roll around out there until we find a new vessel and reincarnated, basically, and we lose all our memories there. There's a few lots of different theories there, whether or not that's true. That's that's the hardest thing. Um, speculation is a good thing, but it's also horrible because it just God oh, can make open up too many wormholes, basically. <laughs> so I'll find some more spooky stories here, guys. If I can get a bit on some a bit more than just um just a few of the hot spots there for the paranormal. Uh, g'day, Funkin' Hungry. <laughs> Someone's hungry, eh? <laughs> Welcome. We'll join. Thanks for joining in. Uh, Patrick's back again. The black membrane on their eyes are to protect their eyes from the sun, like sunglasses. Uh, Shall you say they say we choose our life too, like we plan ours? Jeez, if I if we had a choice of choosing how to plan our lives, I think I'd choose something a bit better than mine. <laughs> I've got a few different things I would pick a bit differently. That's for sure. As I'm sure we all would have. Um, g'day, Tim. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks for joining in. Uh, where do we go? We're, let's have a look at some here. Um, real life horror stories of the outback. Oh, say thanks to your friend there, Hungry, for sharing the podcast. That's absolutely fantastic. I love when you guys share the podcast out. So, yeah, guys, don't forget, yeah, share the podcast out to your friends and family there or whoever you feel needs might be of interest to, to them. 
it's great um, that they find the channel there, especially from word of mouth there. It makes it even much worth more wild. Uh, for me, you know, it's just, um, you know, it shows that, uh, you know, you guys are helping me out in that regard. Um, so it's it's great that you're helping me out here. It's absolutely fantastic. I very much appreciate it. Um, so let's go through here. What don't know what's going on here. Okay. Um, all right, this might be a little bit of a story. So, all right, let's go with this story. So this, uh, it's a tale. I don't know if it's a true story or not. So how long is this going to go for? I don't want to go for too long. Oh, yeah, okay, so that's all right. Cool. All right, that's not that long. Let's have a looky here. So, oh, hey, I've got someone here who wants to join in there. Mark, let's have a look at him. Let's have a look. Okay, Mark. G'day, Anthony. How are you? Good, mate. Good yourself. Thanks for joining oh, in. Yeah, that's all right. Um, that's my mate uh, G uh, from. Uh, he runs a YouTube channel called Funk and Hungry. And ah, right. And um, he's an interesting character, actually. Um, <laughs> he, uh, well, I, I started going on the live streams uh, a while back with another bloke, and um, we got to know each other, and um, we. Uh, I'm quite uh, fascinated by the UFO subject, and. Um, you know, we, we uh, had a good chat last night, myself and, and G, uh, about uh, what he experienced uh, some time ago. And um, I, I've had an experience too uh, that goes back about 30 years or so. Right, eh? So, yeah, yeah, I look, love, love the cockpit view, by the way. Is that from the, the Morning Falcon? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's just, uh, just, you know, just one of the spaceships, you know, that I've got sitting up in high earth orbit at the moment <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> no, you know, love it. i i just um i just did a search on online and looking for cockpit cockpit views and um that one came up it looked pretty good so um yeah there's a few out there you can go and steal yeah that works out well mate. Look, love it that's mm. awesome so look i am interested in telling us about your encounters yeah yeah I've, I've only only had well yeah I, there's only one that i know of um, however, my, my story goes back a long way. Um, as a kid uh, growing up, I was into science fiction, uh, used to watch Doctor Who on ABC as much as I can, um, and always had an interest. I had a book ages ago when I was a kid of all these different spaceships. Um, it was an uh, illustrated book, um, you know, um, artists who'd come up with these uh spaceships of all different shapes and sizes and just always been fascinated by spaceships always like spaceships and um and i just followed through you know grow up watching um star trek and uh, babylon 5 and you know shows like that to um quench the thirst and um later a little bit later in life uh you know into my early 20s or something like that Myself and a group of people were out four-wheel driving uh, around uh, Ipswich area. The, 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 the particular place that we stayed at this night um, is probably all houses now. Um, but we, it was a nice clear night, um, either autumn or winter, uh, one of the two. It was fairly cool. There was about 15 of us, at least 15 people in the group ranging in ages from young kids to adults and um beautiful clear night and as it was a full moon 
um, this particular night as the full moon rose um, this thing rose with the um uh, with the moon and of course we thought oh yeah it's a it's a helicopter <laughs> and you know that was our first explanation that's what it was but then it went on and on and on and um back then the equipment we had at the time when i say equipment um i had the old video camera that sat on your shoulder and uh, i think we had a pair of um uh, world war ii era uh, rabbit ears which had about a five or ten times magnification nothing nothing special um and what else did we have i don't we didn't have a telescope or anything like that but it it actually went on for that long um most of us got bored of it you know we just sort of went about doing what we're doing cooking dinner and getting ready and looking at the stars and we all sort of had a look at it through the binoculars or whatever we had i think we had a pair of binoculars as well i can i can only remember it as one one object um, but a mate of mine who spent the majority of time looking at it said there were several objects and uh, you know this this really did go on for a long time and we got to a stage that, that we realized that no helicopter you know could spend that much time in the air without going back somewhere and refueling and thinking more back on this uh, event um, it was too it, it was too large you know when when you had the full moon this was i suppose the size of um, at that distance maybe a 10 cent piece or something like that so that's you know that's fairly large and it kept changing colors it wasn't a solid thing um, I, i'm trying to remember it to the best of my knowledge my friend uh, i asked him about it I think I saw him about three months ago and I asked him about it. And um, he said, yeah, yeah, I remember it. He said there wasn't just one, there were several, you know. So we, we talked about it briefly. And he, he said uh, what it did at the end was they all came together or formed as one and then it just went like that, the way it went. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. And so how long do you think the whole thing went for, basically, like till it did finally go? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know. I didn't I didn't keep track of the time. Um, a long time because we, we first noticed it, like I said, as the full moon was going up, this thing was beside it. And um, you know, it was at night time for us, so you wouldn't have been able to see it, say, from North America or anything like that. It was a Southern Hemisphere event. Yeah. Um, look, uh, like I said, 30 years ago, uh, I'm struggling a bit to remember all the details, um, but a long time. It went on for a long time. Um, I, I would have to talk to my other uh, friends to see if... Um, you know if anyone timed it you know but it was yeah a long time that's for sure enough yeah. time to because it was around and I, i've heard similar sort of stories um you know um for some people that they watched a ufo for that long and they actually got bored of it you know and then did something else went back inside made a cup of tea or a coffee or 
had something to eat or something and they come back out and it was still there however long later but this was this was a long period of time you know most most people when they talk about the ufo sightings is only really short you know but yeah uh, no this this went for a long time no that's phenomenal it's sort of like yeah like you're saying like, you know a lot of things are very short and then people's encounters there the last several seconds there if they're like to a minute yours being there for so long there's like you know you had all the time in the world to sort of like trying to observe it, but it just unfortunately it's too far away to sort of try and get a real grasp on what the hell it was yeah and you know um, even if we had modern technology today or modern equipment i don't think we would have done much better um but it was just one of those things but uh i i really enjoy the the ufo subject you know i I'm lucky enough to have a job where I can watch a lot of the shows that come out of um, North America. Um, you know, I've been since um, since getting one of these things and having the job that I have, I get to watch a lot of stuff. You know, for our daytime, they're having their nighttime shows. So, you know, there's a bunch of shows I like to watch. Um, I've watched quite a few over the years and there's a few that i watch pretty regularly and try and keep up with um but it's i'm sure you'd appreciate that um as the subject is growing in interest there's more and more people coming out and doing podcasts or or different podcasters altogether that you've never heard about in the ufo scene talking about ufos yeah. So what are your sort of opinions on the whole topic then when it comes to the UFOs? Do you think there's some sort of alien race coming through? What's yeah. your sort of opinion? Yeah. Um, I think there's more than one. I feel there's more than one. Um, it, it's definitely uh, an advanced species. Um, it, it's definitely real. I, I, I've come to the conclusion now um that it, it's definitely real um it's not made up it's not a fabrication it's not someone's um delusion or um you know uh sleep paralysis or anything like that it's 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 true it's real yeah and when when you look at um when you look at um older civilizations or older generations of native whether it's native australians native americans or you know uh, other civilizations um they talk about the sky people or um you know the the depictions of um uh, hieroglyphs or petroglyphs on cave walls and paintings and all that sort of stuff and that's not just in one location that's all around the world yeah absolutely that's what makes it so interesting and like this is also so frustrating as well they're like there's so much evidence in the part like over the world they're indicating that there's some sort of other race or some sort of civilization or beings or something that's interacting with us or has interacted with us in the past there yet the governments want to deny every single thing about the existence of these things there um you know and that's that's just one thing that makes it so frustrating you know like, yeah. people are encountering something that's beyond our known uh, knowledge of what's going on you know and that's yeah. makes it even worse because we're just thrown into the into the shadows of 
what the reality is. Like, as it's wanted to tell us, like, we should have been told from the start. I'll say this a lot. Like, you know, we, if, if they were honest with us and transparent from the beginning there, we probably would have evolved and adjusted to it. No worries back in those days yeah. when they said, hey, look, you know, look, we've got these civilizations here, these beings here, whatever the hell they are, that they've been interacting with us for hundreds of years. Um, and yeah, like we would have been a bit of a freak out moment at the start there, but people would have like adjusted to it, adapted to it. Like, humans are good at adapting to, you know, different scenarios and that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that being one of those things there, that I feel we would have done fine. But, you know, yeah. the, 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 they want the control, the, especially regarding religion and stuff like that. You know, they just they're in, they feel like the whole world was just burnt down because, yeah. of, you know, they went against that sort of stuff. Mm. But that's, that's but, my opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. You, you just got to have a look at... Um, uh, I really enjoyed your show the other night um, with your guest who was talking about the stuff. Um, and this is something that no one... Uh, until your guests talked about it, how the um, the faces on the the figures on Easter Island, how they line up with um, you know our version of Stonehenge down in yeah, uh, yeah that that blew my mind. You know, I just hang on a minute. Um, no one's ever mentioned this before. You know, yeah, I, and I I really enjoyed um, um, listening to your guest talk. You know, I, I found it fascinating, and and you can see. Um, you, you guys touched on it like the other night. Um, how much, uh, what sort of uh, rebuttal that uh, Graham Hancock has gone through with his uh, Ancient Apocalypse series on Netflix? Yeah, you know, just all he, all he's doing is just suggesting that uh, maybe you know this this hypothesis or theory or this is possible. He's not saying it is. He's, all he is saying is it may be possible, and yeah. Um, yeah. That's the thing too. Like, there's so many different theories. Um, but like, if there's so many different theories, if one of them could be very well and truly right, so yeah. why can't we look into the different theories there and try and go, all right, this one sounds a lot more plausible. Let's go with that one there. And if that one doesn't sound sort of like doesn't seem to really get anywhere, let's go with the next sort of theory of like what. Could possibly be and you know just try and rule it different things and like well, i'm sure if, like they kept rolling down different theories there maybe each different theory has its own little one percent of truth behind it all yeah and if you can try and go through all these different theories and get that one percent of truth that's in it there and match them all together we can have the truth of pretty much everything just about but it's a lot of time and effort yeah and there's one thing's for sure uh, we've lost a lot of information historical oh information, absolutely you know it's look when I was a kid growing up um, in high school, we we had uh, uh, history or ancient history, and um, that you know they tried to teach us about uh, the Greeks and what happened, and unfortunately that just bored me to tears. I had no interest in it. However, um, as I've progressed in life and aged, you know, my um, approach to that sort of thing is completely different. I find it more fascinating now than ever, especially with uh, shows like um, Ancient Apocalypse on Netflix and other shows um, and the discovery of places like Quebecli Tepe and other places around there and all this other stuff that they're finding out with the pyramids like you guys were talking about the other night. You know, the, the more they look, the more they find and the more questions they come up with, or even the more 
sometimes more answers that they don't have. Yeah, and like you look at the ancient civilizations there with the. Um, I was trying to find it then. Just, I don't have the um, right page up, but the, you know they got the the those block walls. They're rocks. You know they're puzzled together like perfectly. You know, they're being cut. Yeah. Like, the technology was there at yeah. some point, and it's like, yeah, where this technology yeah. go? Like how they do something like that? that's yeah. Like we're trying uh, to cover the other night with Triffin uh, from Unlock the Code. You know that's yeah. um, it, it's just it, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. And like uh, Triffin, uh, he actually shared it up. So I was trying to hope bring it up so i can show everyone but i can't seem to get the bloody feed to come through um but i mentioned the uh, question like because he, he shared the the same the rock walls there and a question like okay it's all well and good like you know we've they've got the technology to be able to do this but what about the fact of planning and organizing the resources that you have there to know how to even go and assemble this wall together because it's just a little big puzzle piece in it. If I can try yeah. to find the damn thing. Well, even even the alignment, you know, how how, how accurate they got got it, and getting back to those stone walls, um, people people have been over there taking photos, like close up photos. You can't even get a credit card in there or anything no, like that. Can't. That's 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 just unreal. Um, oh, it's it is. It's it's absolutely unreal. If I can try and bring it up, then I can actually share it to everyone. So the the people, I don't, I usually don't plug other shows, but the the people I follow, um, my my thing is, my I, I watch a lot of YouTube, so that's where I get my information from, and I know there's some dodgy channels out there. However, I I watch people like um, Dave Scott of Spaced Out Radio. Um, he's he runs a good channel. He really does. He's very yep. knowledgeable on the subject. Um, I like to watch uh, Preston Dennett. Um, I like the. Do you, do you know of Preston Dennett? No, I don't. I've, I'm, I must admit, I'm pretty horrible when it comes to different channels and YouTube and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I, I would. Um, I might make you a list and uh, send you uh, a list of channels that I watch. Uh, yeah, Preston. Preston is a UFO researcher. He's put out about thirty odd books. Um, he he posts once a week on YouTube on his YouTube channel. Uh, he also does a, um, a, a podcast called The Light Gate uh, with his friend Dolly uh, Safran. Uh, she's a fully conscious uh, abductee, and uh, she's been on board the craft. And yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, I like watching people like um, David Marler. You know, he he does some terrific work. He really does. You, you know of him? No, I don't. No, sorry. Okay. David Marler's a guy out of um, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, he's written a book on triangular UFOs. He, um, When Ross Coulthard was doing his thing over there, he sat down with Ross and talked to him. Um, and, of course, you know, the stuff that uh, Ross has done, I try and follow Ross as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just... I'm just very jealous that um, he's done talks in Melbourne and Sydney, but not. I'm in Brisbane, so I'd really love him to come and do a talk here in Brisbane. It, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, no, that'd be the go. Oh, look, there's a lot of people, a lot of people out there doing some wonderful things there for the uh, the whole community in regards yeah. to UFOs and that. But yeah. I like everything. It's 
whatever evidence they sort of have to present to like say like what could be plausible theories and there's still just not enough evidence there to go and say sort of back up their theories and like i, I know i'm one for like hard evidence and such like that but yeah whatever information well, they've got you know it needs to be taken seriously from you know aero and all these other governments you know even if it's a uh, uh how would you call my um uh offside bloody government to the, the main departments you know yeah. at least if, if they're looking into the, what they've got you know and trying to pack together the information that they've got to try and come up with some sort of plausible answer then like you know it should be done like there's a lot of investigators out there who are doing the hard yards instead of trying to go and just government officials like you know there's a lot of credible people out there that are doing the hard yards yeah yeah and and, and a lot of those people who are doing the hard yards we we really don't hear about them unfortunately that's right yeah um no it gets shown across a bit it wasn't until um uh, you know i'd, I'd have seen your channel around but as i made the comment the other day i finally got to see you live which was really good because on like i said I, I watch a lot of stuff that comes out of america because of the time difference and i have the opportunity to do that not always but most of the time and and there's not a lot going on here well there is a lot going on in here in australia but for a lot of people um they don't get to see it um I try and keep up with what Grant Levac is doing yep. as much as possible. Um, but it's just good to sit in and uh, talk with someone like yourself here in Australia, or even just, just sometimes I, I really like listening and hearing what other people have got to say, especially on, on different subjects. You know. Yeah, no, there's a lot of wonderful stuff there. And yeah, shout out to Grant Levac doing what he does there. Like I've, um, yeah. Sort of followed suit with them there, a little bit with them there, trying to like you know contact, um, you know government officials and stuff like that, our members of parliament there. Um, I did I did try a little work earlier on before he did start hitting the other uh, socials there and getting his fame there for that. Um, but I knew from the start we were going to keep hitting brick walls and that. But you know persistence yeah. is the way to do it. But it's still yeah. like we've been in Australia. It's still so hard to try and get anything out of our members of parliament at all. Yeah, well, we're we're not alone, of course. Um, the uk is very much the same um, mm. if you watch if you look at the guys from um uh, like vinnie adams from the Disto disclosure project in the uk um i think no i'm getting that wrong um you know the uk is another one of those ones that doesn't talk a lot or they don't say anything at all a bit like australia um, yeah you know in, even america they don't say much um, and what they do say is um, almost a repeat of what's been said before. But if you look at um, if you look at South America, they're very open about the subject. You know, they're, they're quite, you know, they're quite. Um, yeah, they're just they're just more open about the subject than than what we are, I suppose, in in the southern or northern hemispheres. Of, yeah that's right yeah and uh, that's what we sort of want to try and get uk and australia to get on the same board with you know we, we want to be a bit more transparent or at least start investigating the damn things yeah. um there's well, no yeah. method at all for australia to even go and attempt to even look into ufos because there's nothing there in their departments that even uh that's even made up for it so that's, the that's what, yeah that's what they're telling us but i would it would be fair to say that there's probably things going on in the background that we don't know oh, about. Oh, absolutely. And, and 
you've heard Ross in his specials talk about how he got invited to the officers' mess of the Air Force. And he said, well, you know, it can't be true. And and um, that's when, you know, the, 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 the captain of the squadron says, uh, you know, so-and-so come over here, tell Ross about this story, you know. Yeah. So the, it, it, it definitely happens. It, we, we know it happens. Oh, yeah, just... absolutely. So you know, I've got G here, mate. He's the yep. best mate, G, sitting there, ready to go. So <laughs> <laughs> He's all just up, ready to go with the hell in spirit there. It's, um, well, mate, maybe maybe he's not G. Maybe he's somebody else tonight. Well, Jason, we'll call him Jason. How's that? Yeah, we'll call him Jason. <laughs> <He's> well suited. <laughs> How are you, Jason? Oh, not too bad, yeah. I'm missing my mum, but, you know, that happens around this time of year. <laughs> But yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have a machete, but I do have a hobby knife, if that counts. That'll work. We'll go with that. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I I'm was going to do a bit of a thing tonight. Time. I was going to do a bit of a spiel tonight, but I lost the chance to go and do it. Um, you know, I was going to do a bit of a dress up myself there, like with my um, Halloween outfit there. And I did it, did it last year there. I had the old Reaper suit out. And I hand that wasn't me, I should say. It wasn't me. But, um, you know, <laughs> I had a bit of a great. It was good fun getting the Halloween spirit. But tonight, I've I ran out of time. Things, um, you know, we had a lot of trick traders out tonight, and just, just did not get a chance to get on top of this at all. But um, yeah, look, look, welcome to the show, there, G. Welcome, mate. Thank you very much. I'll I'll be back in a second. I'll do a magic trick. Oh, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> we um, yeah, we we had a few trick or treaters um, in previous years. We've uh, haven't had anyone, and tonight we got uh, we got surrounded by uh, quite a few. So. Um, Something different. We 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 don't sort of celebrate it at all or anything like that, but some people do. Yeah, yeah. No, look, we we make some fun out of it, you know. Like I was saying earlier, you know, it's like, uh, oh look, who's that fellow? <laughs> Put it back on. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Um, Mark told me about the channel last night when we had a huge discussion and he said he was live today and he was going to pop on. And yeah, when I saw that it was sort of open panel, I thought I may come on, you know, have a bit of a chat. No, it's awesome. Thanks for joining in. It's awesome. He says that you yeah, have a bit of a channel. Into the... uh, yeah, Funkin' Hungry is a food-related channel, but I have started doing lives and the lives at first was to engage in with the audience to the people that watch but then that it's become a lot more than that now like we talk about you know cryptids ufos we talk we talked about um paper and how it's made last night so it's like i have do have another channel for my miniature painting hobby and i have a very small channel that i'm eventually going to move my lives to that haven't quite yep. worked out what it's going to be called or what, but um, it's it's going to be a place for us to talk about this kind of stuff and whatever you know, like just a, just a place for anyone to sort of come and speak about any any topics that they're interested in. The topics normally bounce around a little bit from, you know, if it's me and Mark, we tend to eventually get onto UFOs and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, um. I stream, we streamed for five hours yesterday, so about an oh, hour yeah. was me just talking to people. After that, Mark got on, we spoke about his work and a few other stuff, and then probably for a good two hours, it was about aliens and all that sort of stuff. 
Jesus. We just we don't always do it. it. It's just every so often. And we just talk about similar interests, um, you know, science fiction shows and things like that. And um, over the this just didn't happen overnight. Um, G and myself have been talking on and off and on other other shows we met on another another stream ages ago and we've just slowly but surely gotten to know each other and and um last night was a bit of uh, an interesting night uh you know, hearing g's story and um well g's heard my story tonight i don't think i've told that before oh uh, yeah you have um i didn't i have yeah 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 you, you have uh, it's interesting what patrick is saying in the chat because that hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Was some of the subject matter that I was talking to Mark about that I've had experiences in England because that's where I was born. I've had experience in Australia. South Australia is where I'm located now. I've had encounters where i've seen craft also i've had i used to be very just strong when it comes to like lucid dreaming and stuff like that where i could um, control and remember my dreams to the point where it was hard to sometimes differentiate the dreams to reality almost because they were quite similar there was a few little things that i did to sort of work out which was which 
because you know i guess waking up but sometimes even when i used to dream like you would kind of either like almost be in your bed and wake up so you know like it, i guess it's a little bit how people explain like astral projection and stuff how you kind of like leave your body that's sometimes how the dreams was where you know it feel like i'm i'm sleeping and i just that's why it would be get confusing and i mean i was a kid like this was around you know before I moved to Australia, so probably about eight years old. So, you know, like if people were like, oh, how can you not work it out? It's like, you know, I was quite young, not very experienced in a lot of this stuff. This was before internet, before a lot of stuff. So obviously as well, adults deny all of that side of us, you know, just uh, how more spiritual we are and just when it comes to different beings and ufos or whatever you know so you're trying to speak to people and uh, they don't have the answers because they might not have had the experiences but also so i was telling mark that i used to have really bad sort of like nightmares but they weren't always nightmares because i was awake and experiencing really strange stuff happening and my mum would you know i was up uh, we i was living upstairs they were downstairs in their bedroom and they would, um, you know, run up and do the typical stuff that a parent would do, try and calm down a kid that's uh, having a weird experience. And they would just say, oh, it's a nightmare. And, you know, me knowing that it was, I wasn't sleeping during this. And, um, like, yeah, I know this shows a little bit more about, uh, like, UFOs and encounters, but speaking to my mum as an adult, she uh, used to say that I always saw this... Uh, this creature or whatever you want to say with like these glowing red eyes and I remember laying in bed and the way my bed was because it was kind of in like a, the attic or whatever you want to call it so the house was a bit slanted so my bed was up against that wall and it sort of slanted downwards and I used to see at the end of the bed like this these glowing red eyes you know you have like when he's oh, i've got one in this room like the sensor lights that go off and like flash oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like just look like that because it was pitch black but i'd see like these two glowing eyes appear and uh one reason i guess i mentioned that is because um when i spoke to my mum when i was older she said that one time i was saying it was a big like black wolf and i was telling her about it but then supposedly I followed, like my head went and I like sort of watched it go down the stairs and that freaked her out. And I guess a lot of people that don't understand stuff. I mean, we see all these sort of conjuring movies where, you know, they get an expert to come in and try and help. But I mean, when you don't have access to experts before internet, before you could sort of find people like that, you know, and obviously not everyone is prepared to do that, um, to look into that stuff. But yeah, so I've had experiences like that. But then I've also seen like, when I was little, I guess, um, if you want me to, if I mean, I don't want to, you know, like take over this and just make it all about me. But if you want me to like share maybe a couple of encounters, I'm happy to. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's, it's open to like all scary speaking Kenners here and in life for halloween so anything paranormal or cryptid is welcome by all means yeah like when it when i saw or heard you when i first joined you was telling saying about you know little stories or just little stuff you was going to tell so i guess that's why i chucked on the, the hockey mask i'm like uh i'm very much into horror and spooky stuff and cryptids besides ufos as well yep 
But um, I'll tell you two UFO stories that were a little bit shorter. And when I was a kid and in England, they were both saucers. So you've got like, you know, your picture in the background that's representing the saucer. But there was one time at a firework evening, like a lot of people were there and fireworks were going off. And I remember all of a sudden this object came in and this was because uh, I left England when I was 11 going on 12. So this would have been like probably seven, eight, nine, like in between that age bracket. And I saw this object come in and it was just a typical silver shiny. And because it was so high up and far away where the fireworks were flying into the sky, see this little object just hovering around and it's sort of, you know, it started from side to side quite quickly. Almost like, I guess, if, a, if you drop a feather on the ground and it goes slowly from side to side, it was kind of just, but it seemed, it seemed like it had um, definitely like a, an, an intelligence behind it because it seemed like it was showing off and trying to sort of say, oh, well, you're looking at the fireworks. Yeah, they might look nice, but I can do a lot more crazy stuff. <laughs> and it was sort of going quite quickly from... You know, like you had to kind of move your head to keep up with the directions it was going. Oh, wow. And yeah, I, I was quite, you know, quite, I've always been interested in this sort of stuff. So when I saw it, I'm like, well, what is that? But I'll, also because it's in so much pop culture, I kind of, you know, my head sort of, oh, that I know what this is because I've seen images on, you know, different shows or whatever of a saucer. So I watched it. It was around for maybe five minutes. You know, like the fireworks were a bit of a distraction, but then it went from sort of in in sight to just, you know, like in a couple of seconds, it was just gone and it sort of moved in like a diagonal sort of, you know, direction. It wasn't just, because I mean, I've seen plenty of, because these days now I'm into the subject more, you know, I definitely do the, does it sound like a plane, a helicopter and those type of vehicles have a certain movement to them but this didn't and then the second encounter that i had when i was in england and a child was my aunt used to own a big property a farm so she had like acres of land she had like a triple story house so um it was a lot of land and we they they had a uh, i can't think of the word like a um not it was like a, um, oh, do you know, on a house where it has like the connection that goes outside that they have in hotels for some reason. I can't think of probably trying to use my brain too much. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Like I was going to say pagola, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Like a, um, yeah. But when it go, when it go, when you're in a hotel and you can step out the door and like look at the rest of the stuff up in a hotel, like a, yeah. um, not a, not a, not a four year. No, um, it's it's attached to that hotel and it goes outside. Um, oh, observation simple... deck. <laughs> observation deck. It's such a <laughs> such a simple thing, but I can't think of the word. But um, but yeah, the, like this went outside, so it, uh, the the balcony. <laughs> the really balcony. Me. Yeah, balcony, balcony. That's the bloody one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Courtyard. <laughs> We'll get it right. As if, like, um, as if I could Go get on. it, but no one else could work it out as well. But yeah, a balcony. <laughs> so I apologize for I'm trying to use my brain too much, and it's some 
but yeah, there was a balcony, so we we got our sleeping bags and we it was quite a big balcony, enough for three little kids to put their sleeping bags out and sleep at night. And we were just talking and all that sort of stuff. And sometimes you'd get up to look around and they have had foxes and stuff out there. So, you know, sometimes you see like movement from nocturnal animals and stuff like that. And just doing what kids do, just excited. We're up late and we're kind of alone and no parents are around. But eventually this would have been quite early into the morning. So I'm guessing, you know, 12 to one, that sort of time. And all of a sudden there's this like little shiny object just cruising around in the neighbor's property because they had acres of land like farms so they just had a lot of land the neighbors had a lot of land and we all saw it and we was um yeah just watching it for a while and again i had an experience before but again i was into this sort of stuff so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it didn't take me a while to work out what it was this time because I've already had an encounter and also I got into the sci-fi and stuff like that a lot more. I used to love the Twilight Zone and stuff like that as a kid, all that sort of stuff. So as soon as I saw it, I just instantly clicked what it was. But it was just hovering around over the land, like, um, you know, almost like when police helicopters are looking with their lights down, so it was definitely going across stuff slowly and it was just sort of, obviously it was floating or hovering and it was just going over the land and it was just, yeah, like looking back in these as an adult and having more experience and knowledge in this area is it's, it's like you kind of always wonder what it's, um, what it's doing. I did notice someone in the chat earlier said about, you know, um, like how they put like symmetrical sort of patterns into the fields and stuff. Like I was wondering if maybe there's a connection. I mean, I didn't, I didn't go and explore it later on in the day and stuff. Being a kid and having to listen to parents and adults and you know, kind of not just being able to wander off without reason, really. But yeah, it was. Um, I just we just watched it for a while. And because it was so late, we just eventually sort of like as it moved off into the distance, this one didn't just fly off. It just slowly hovered on to the point where you can't see it. Um, you know, you can't see it anymore. It starts sort of goes into the darkness. The land being such a, you know, like acres of land, it just eventually just went and we couldn't see it anymore. But they were both very similar objects. I know that there are a few variations when it comes to sources of slightly different variations, but from memory, they just looked really similar. How just almost like a you know, Mexican hat had the big brim and then sort of like the dome on top and the dome underneath. Yeah, okay. So was There's it sort no of like lighting up the area as well, or was it like just like a, just its own sort of glow? Well, it didn't really have a glow, but it um, even at night time, you could see it like the reflection. So I guess the moon and stuff bouncing off the object uh, lights yeah. it up enough to the lights it up enough to the point where you can you know pick it out. I guess kind of like I guess a car if it's going you know under street lights, the the light from the street lights bouncing off the car obviously sort of makes it visible. So it didn't sort of glow. But um, yeah, 
I, I have other encounters and stories, but I don't want to, I guess, overload you and other people. But you know, then I have seen orbs as well, like actual proper orbs, like just how when people see dust, like light reflecting off dust, and they're like, oh, they post videos. That's an orb. I know. Like yeah, actual, I know. <laughs> I've seen actually, like I've seen actually, like you know, glowing orbs. But yeah, uh, I thought I'd um, share a couple of little little encounters tonight for you no that's awesome that's i appreciate that so like a uh, question for you then so like what are your sort of personal opinions on the whole thing uh like do you think there are alien beings or what's your sort of perspective on the whole topic of where these things are or who they are well i guess uh you know being a fan of like Mulder from x files i was like wanting to, to believe that there's more to it but as i get older um i do wonder if it's just like you know the government but then a lot of the experiences I've had, like at the firework night, it seemed almost like a childlike personality showing off, like, look at me, I can do this. So, and obviously when I, the, the second story I told, that one seemed like, if you want to give them a character or a characteristic, that one seemed more mature where it had purpose and it had a reason to be there. I mean, I have discussed this with Mark and, I've had experiences in Australia as well, and I've sort of said to him, I wonder what it was doing. And, you know, like there's a lot of stories where they could be collecting like DNA from animals. They could be, you know, um, collecting like some sort of foliage, like some natural resources and being in sort of the countryside, the, the earth and all that stuff is less tampered with. So it's, you know, a little bit more natural. And so, um, I mean, I have had experiences with these different beings that, you know, I don't, I don't quite know if it, I've said it this to Mark before as well. I don't know quite know if they were dreams or if they were like, if I was awake and it was reality, but I guess, um, like someone said in the chat, they wish they could remember or like sort of work out some of this stuff that happened in childhood. And I do kind of wish like i've done meditation myself but i'm not that experienced to the point where i can sort of go back to those points of time and investigate it a little bit more but um i guess i'm the type of person that unless i had like have proper proof i'm not gonna sort of say yes or no to, to you know something like that but from all the experiences i've had all the stuff that i've like researched and looked into and other people's experiences I would definitely say there's different, you know, like there's not just humans that have our sort of intelligence out there. And I'm not sure if it's outside of this planet or if the these uh, beings are a part of the planet, maybe were around before humans or, I mean, they could be living in the ocean with technology. They could be living in like the, the inside of the earth because there's so many, there's so many like, places we haven't explored there's you know like you can you can get into like cave systems that can leave like lead into sort of like the core of the earth and who knows mm. ships could ships could be there and technology and just there could be whole civilizations there that we can't get to with the technology we have and but they're able to you know move in and out maybe there's sort of um portals that can open up in different parts of this planet so it doesn't yeah. necessarily need to be other planets that we're 
having these contacts with, it could quite easily be all happening on this planet. I mean, this planet is pretty huge. You know, like we have all these different countries and there's a lot that we haven't explored. Yeah, that's for sure. And it, and we, we've hardly mapped or explored, you know, various parts of the ocean. And that's because we just can't go down that deep. Or if we can, yeah, uh, we can only go down there for a very short period of time. You know, there's a reason, you know, when you look at us, we're, we're surface dwellers. We, we can, there's only a certain range above and below the land that we can uh, successfully live in. The rest of it, we, we can't. If we go too high up, it's we can't breathe. If we go too far down, we're going to get crushed from, you know, forces that we that we can't see. Yeah. And it also goes back to like um, like a lot of theories that we've touched on in the past there too with um, other podcasts. You know, it could very well be an ancient civilization as well and truly prior to us coming out, you know. Yeah. Yep. millions of billions of years old. So there's easily could have been some sort of, you know, uh, some advanced civilization that's gone like survive past the cataclysms that the world's had in the past era. And these are the things that are flying around us today. You know, that's yeah. well and truly a high likely. Uh, I feel it's a lot more plausible than the explanation to aliens from another galaxy or another system or something like that. You know, I sort of feel like that seems a lot more plausible in my, my opinion. Well, yeah, we just don't know. We just don't have the answers. And, um, you know, we, we need more information, as, as you were saying before. It would be nice if we had um, a bit more truth to what what has come before us. You know, they, they've now proven that um, humans were using tools, well, humanoid people were using tools um, over 100,000 years ago. Uh, it, yes. It's, you know, the, the more the, the, they're finding more and they're realising that we just don't go back, say, 2,000 years or 4,000 years, depending on what somebody's written in a book. There's actual evidence now um, of, of um, uh, like, is it Neanderthals or the, our predecessors going back 100,000 years? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, if you look at um, some of the stories as well, too, like um, in coal seams, from in the past, you know, coals uh, made by you know vegetation collapsing into pits there, yeah. and then gets covered over by um, rock and mud and all sorts of stuff, and it sits there for hundreds of thousands of years, and you know until it does its thing, it, it um, uh, petrifies and goes to rock, and then you know becomes coal. There's been stories there where people have gone mined the coal, and they found like tools and you know jewelry and stuff like that's been washed down into the into the coal pits there, and stayed there for hundreds of thousands of years and that whether that's true stories or not i don't know but it's just to say that like you know there's been civilizations well and truly prior to us that have had tools and jewelry and and the means to go and have some sort of you know uh, familiarity that we something that we're familiar with to say the least you know that's washed up in the culprits here and it's survived hundreds of thousands of years and it's like well who the hell was that when we've got claims there like our human species are only hundred thousand years old such yeah so, you know, there's a lot of things in the past that it's just not making sense. The whole, you know, growing up, um, it just seems to me like we've just been bullshit to this whole time. Um, you know, going through history class and saying, you know, Adam and Eve was our, our first 
you know, human beings and such there, and you know, and or it could have come from monkeys or some sort of evolution yeah. sort of thing here. But well, you, yeah, uh, it's like none of this doesn't make sense anymore. None of it's really yeah. lining up. No, I, I was saying to uh, G only last night when we were talking about different things that you know, uh, my time in school we were taught because this was the thinking of the time was that captain cook um, discovered australia and mm. we know now that wasn't the case it was the dutch that actually came across australia i think before captain cook and of course we have uh, the aborigines that were already here and there's a lot of history uh, that we've lost that the aborigines have lost and we have lost from the aborigines um you know there's just, just so much we've lost yeah even if it's like even outside the um australian history too just worldwide altogether like uh, so much stuff has been covered up or destroyed to try and you know continue the agenda and i'm gonna i'm gonna go hit hard here at the religious side of things you know the, the vatican and all sorts of stuff the roman empire yeah. the, you know they've wiped out so much stuff there because it was against their beliefs their agenda you know it's yeah yeah, it's well, bullshit. Um, we could the, have a lot more truth to everything, you know. Well, the the, the interesting part of the, the Vatican is that, um, and most people they know that they've got their secret files, and a lot of people can't. You can't just walk off the street and say, "Hey, mate, I don't want to see your secret files," and they mm. they've got documents that date back a long, long, long way. But the other thing that the that most people don't know about the Vatican is they have two observatories. Why, why does a religious organisation have two observatories? One in Vatican you, City, the other one you, in New York. You mean observatories like to look at the stars or...? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, righto. Yep. Yes, maybe they're just look looking at... for God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think they've found him yet. So No, they're going to be looking for a while. Um. <clears throat> Jane's saying, don't uh, forget there's evidence of a race of people who lived in the Blue Mountains. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I'll have to look at a bit wow. more into that one. Yeah. yeah. When you were speaking about jewellery, and just for some reason, just the Egyptian culture came to mind. And obviously, it's like when it comes to jewellery, gold, and stuff like that, and the importance of it, it seems like that's gone through different civilizations over time. And also the pharaohs and stuff, a lot of them had elongated heads. Like they yeah. had, um, you know, the, the head isn't sort of roundish or skull-like shape like we're used to. It kind of was quite long. And, you know, a lot of times they would have a lot of, um, yeah, jewellery and stuff. And they would obviously have to sort of um, be able to fit on that shaped head and stuff like that. But you, you guys were talking about that the other night on your podcast that, we were, um, yeah. They did. They did that on purpose to make themselves look like their ancestors, or not their ancestors, but the, the gods. The gods, yeah, yeah. yeah. The gods, the gods came from came from the yeah. sky on on their <laughs> on their flaming vehicles, or however they described them at the time. Yeah, that's right. And I was going to say something before too. Um, sorry to cut you off. Um, we, no, you're we're, right. we're talking about the Vatican there, like. There's a thing a while back there saying uh, rush area 51 they can't stop us all you know why why don't we just rush the vatican they can't exactly. stop us all 
<laughs> let's just go in there, just <laughs> break down these walls and barriers. I encourage everyone, let's get on the bandwagon, let's do it. Let's, um, <laughs> let's get it out there and let it known. We're going yeah. for you, buddy. Can you better go and um, prepare yourself because we want the truth mm. out of you guys too. That you guys know a lot of shit. I think you guys know a lot more shit than what the other uh, governments actually know. Uh, so I let's let's, so. Um, yeah. let's, uh, let's uh, get this out there. Everyone, we're going to go rush the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll start a face start a Facebook page and see how far we get. <laughs> may as well, eh? May as well. I'll, I'll I'll make a reel out of this and put it on YouTube and Instagram and all this stuff, so everyone goes, "Look, we're rushing the Vatican." Everyone get behind us. <laughs> they can't stop us all. <laughs> and they'll be saying, "Oh, those bloody bloody Australians causing trouble again." Yeah, that's right. Because it's an Aussie bloke too, wasn't it? Did the uh, Area Fifty One, wasn't it? Was it? I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was an Aussie I bloke. I think it was. Started that off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, oh, let's get into it. Um, it but yeah, look, I was just going to say it was a good idea at the time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But unfortunately, there's nothing there anymore with um, Area Fifty One. They moved that shit out yeah. years ago, decades ago. It'll be somewhere else yeah. now. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. They're not. They're not that. They're not that dumb that they're just going to like you know leave stuff in an area that everyone's interested in. Mm. Speaking, yeah. you, you hit the nail on the head there. You, you, you said the word dumb, and um, <laughs> the the stuff I've seen Think underground military, military bases. bases. That's what it stands yeah. for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where it will be. Yeah. And there's and there's lots of those around. You know, we oh, we've wow, been absolutely. digging, we've been digging into the earth um, for for years. Take Mount Isa mines, for example. I think the last time I used to have a uh, step uncle that worked there, and I think back then um, he, they were seven, fifteen or seventeen levels down. You know, and the yeah. further you went further you went down the hotter it got so how, how far down are they now and um you know other other places um you know it's yeah it's mind-boggling it really is yeah we look at the pit there at kalgoorlie there um i can't say yep. how deep it is there but it's like supposedly the biggest hole in australia you know that's that yep. thing just goes yep. miles down which even yeah. creates its own like bloody um vortexes and you know its own bloody mm. um Atmospheric pressure, basically. That's how fucking deep it is. Like, Jesus, isn't, isn't there one also in South America? A mine in South America that's very similar in depth. I think so. Yeah. Look, I don't quite know. There's, there's a lot of places that have just. I think there's one even over in Europe. There's somewhere too. There's one over there mm. where it's just the pit just goes straight down. It's like Jesus, what? How deep is stuff down there? Like, I don't even think we'll be going down there to try and find materials and stuff. But obviously here we are we are <laughs> yeah yeah no that's awesome but look um guys look thank you for joining me here look i might end it here if um no one else wants to sort of join in there if anyone wants to quickly jump in there before we end the show there links in the in the description there um i'll throw a link in the comments there if someone wants to quickly jump in there before we finish up there um talk about your spooky scary stories there whether it's cryptid paranormal or ufo doesn't matter which one it is um, even if you want to just throw in a quick opinion there, great to have you on there, have a bit of a chin wag. Um, yeah, no worries. Um, I do love my cryptids as well. The what, sorry? I do love my cryptids as well. I listen to like a lot of creepy pasta sort of, um, you know, yeah. cryptids, cryptid stories, fascinated with that stuff. Yeah, there's a few good stories getting around there, like, especially like, well, what have we got now? Like, 
It's sort of hard, for me. I sort of find it hard to believe. Like you know, all these new sort of cryptids that have come out, like you know, like Mothman and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, they only sort of started really coming appearing like what were in the '60s or '70s, I think, for something like you know, Hat and Hatman sort of come around, and people are seeing these weird sort of strange characters that have sort of only come in the last couple of decades. And it's like, well, yeah. are these people dressing up like this, or like how true are people's encounters of these things here? Because like. For me, I'm more like along the lines of like you know the, the ancient ones, like where, like you know, skinwalkers and you know the um, uh, what's the other yeah. ones? The, the dog man and oh, what's the other one? Uh, rakes and stuff like you know. Uh, yeah, oh, one, yeah. You know, Wendigos and stuff like you know the mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Like you know the real ancient sort of cryptids. To me, they're the ones that past are cultures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, they're the interesting ones there. Where I sort of feel like, like Hatman, Dogman, or you know, uh, Mothman. Are they the imagination from people who just think they're seeing something there, or is it something that's you know come into our dimension by accident? And the next minute, people are seeing this weird thing. Well, that's, yeah, that's I've got a print on my shirt actually. Bat, we got Batman as well. That's right. Dogman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, hang on, see, is the is looking at the sun good or bad? Any of you fellas know if this one, please. It's bad to look at the sun. Don't look at the sun too long. <laughs> I thought it was pretty yeah, common knowledge, but I'm, uh, yeah, don't look at the sun. Um, but anyhow. It's good uh, but for yeah, the body uh, besides the eyes. Yeah. It's good for the skin and stuff, isn't it? To a degree. Get a nice <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, like, like I was saying, like, where, where's like a lot of this stuff, sort of cryptic stuff coming from? Like, is it becoming just a... a Thing where people just want to make up stories there to try and get a bit of attention about themselves, or is it just th- a new thing? I, I think it's some of that. No, um, a lot of these cryptids go back a long way. Um, there's a couple other channels, uh, or that sort of cross over. Um, um, there's World Bigfoot Radio, um, there's a guy in North America, he runs a channel called um, uh, um, Lawn Strick- Strickland, is his name. Um, and he deals with a lot of uh, cryptids, and uh, it, it definitely goes back a fair way. Obviously, some of them are, some of them would be new, and I'm sure some are made up. But um, when when you hear when you listen to this these people, especially the ones who really dig into the the cryptids or Bigfoot or whatever it is, they've been doing it for a long time, and these reports are consistent um you know and yeah there's only some of these things are only fleeting sightings but um from my observations i i believe what these people are seeing is something not 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 of this earth but something that is unusual compared to what we're normally um used to like you know when we're out in a forest say we might see a fox or a hare or other animals that we're used to and when something else totally different comes along um that's what throws throws everything into disarray Uh, and people have talked about when they've come face to face with these creatures um, they get a really unsettling feeling or they may get a telepathic um uh you know voice in the head that sort of thing especially 
there's stories from hunters who have um you know picked up a rifle to shoot a cryptid and um they've yeah. got this message telepathic message to say um that's not that's not a very good idea you know uh, so and, and this is this is not just like i say it's not just one or two stories it's it's fairly consistent yeah that's the thing too as long as it's consistent and you know people are sharing the similar details then it becomes more credible it's like it's when someone says like they've got they've seen something that's like it's kind of resembles this creature or something like that but it's totally different you know like it has different features than that it's when it sort of starts to become a bit of a, a bit of a bullshit because like you know it could be a different variation of whatever this thing is but you know the more consistency there is to a story there the more credibility is going to bring to you know whatever is happening you know what people are seeing and you sort of think like if there is several different creatures of these cryptids or whatever they are like why aren't a lot more people seeing them these days or why is nothing being captured in that sort of regard mm. if, like you know yeah, got, like, um, that, like why why isn't there physical evidence but i mean would the government step in and get rid of you know like the men in black sort of situation how they mm. used to go around and tell people to be quiet and don't talk about seeing a ufo or whatever experience they may have so when it when it comes to bigfoot there's definitely evidence uh, people have found hair they've found the the foot footprints uh they even found uh the the droppings or scat from bigfoot uh they've taken samples um you know they've they've left their hair behind in trees and things like that mm. there's even reports that um you know tree branches that are being ripped off trees um way up high like sort of seven or eight feet ten foot in the air that these um branches have been ripped off trees and where bigfoot uh, people have witnessed bigfoot um and in most cases uh, because it's so strange and, and it's happened to all of us we, we all think that because we all carry them a phone with a pretty decent camera in it these days that we'll be able to get something but by the time something like this happens number one you, you're so transfixed on what's happening you can't believe what's going on number two by the time you think about getting your phone out like most of us carry in our pockets these days it's already gone or too late and number three you've got to unlock your phone you've got to open your camera app and that's believe it or not as quick as we can do that that's actually a long time in in some of these situations so yeah there's good reason why we don't i'm not saying it's not out there i'm just saying there is some good reasons why people don't aren't able to get that perfect shot so to speak or at least some sort of evidence. yeah because sometimes i've seen ufos or whatever grab the like some it looks a little bit strange i've watched it for a while it's not acting like you know a helicopter or whatever get the phone and zoom in a bit to try to take a decent picture and it just looks like a glowing blob so it's like yeah. what's the point of even what's the point of even taking that and then going on to like you know speaking to other people and trying to put forth that evidence because it's just going to look ridiculous you know yeah. people are just gonna like you just you know just glow and light and it's just yeah, it's not clear and you yeah so uh yeah the, the, even with these newer phones these smartphones and good cameras 
they still don't take that good of pictures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've tried to take pictures of the moon, and even that looks average on a more modern like phone. You know, like you, you, you can depending, I guess, um, you know, how low it is and stuff. But yeah, like a lot of stuff just doesn't look very good on it, unless it's kind of close. I guess they're more yeah. made for us taking silly, silly selfies than you know, that's, that's yeah, exactly for taking, yeah. for taking like you know, pictures of UFOs. No, that's right. And like the biggest thing is too, like when you're looking at photos, like you're saying, you know, it looks a big blob. Um, your camera's doing yeah. the auto focus there, which is focusing right at which it enlarges yeah. it and makes it look like a big blob even more. And like you know, people will see yeah. like, saying, like you know, I see something interesting in the sky that you don't understand it, and people will immediately assume that's a UFO. Try and like it's like you're saying, you know, you try and take a photo of it or a video, and there's nothing there that's going to justify or give any credibility to what you're trying mm. to capture there. And people post it up there with no information, no detail, and they just say, "Oh, there's a scene captured this," and then it's like, "Well, what about it? Like, what are you trying to show here?" Um, people don't show any like detailed information. Going, "Oh, you know, I saw it fly from here to here and here and there, or do some sort of weird mm. phenomenal thing there, or it just sat there for hours and hours and hours, and you know, it did nothing." So it's like no that detail exists when people show this up. And all this seems to be is like, are people being idiotic and just think that you know what they're sharing is evidence? I, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. Or they're just trying to do it for a clickbait sort of thing. They, for me, to me, like I, I hate it and it, it pisses in my pocket because you know it brings no credibility to the whole UFO community when people sort of share That's this crap because like it just shows absolutely nothing, gives no credibility. There's no thought even behind this sort of crap that they're sharing because they just go, oh, yeah, the people, the UFO community will believe that I've seen something, what I've seen, you know, which is like, look, I'm all for trying to, like, you know, give um, give you credibility for your encounters there, but you need to have the detail behind it to go and yeah. back up your yeah. whatever you're trying to capture. That's why I wouldn't bother unless it was, like, you know, really good footage or picture that I could actually be proud to show someone and say, look, this is this is what I saw, but you know, as I've said, anytime I've seen stuff and taken pictures like different videos with phones, it just looks like complete trash. Yeah, and that's I don't one of those one of those people just adding you know a bunch of bullshit into the into the pool. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. And that's what I was, like, I was saying at the start of the show there too. Like, you know, I'm all for critical analysis, critical analysis here. You know, like, and it's up to you as well to like try and. Uh, analyze it yourself and try and rule out all possibilities whether it's a star or a drone or a plane or something that's you know something that could be explainable and mm. if you do that first and you can rule all those sort of things out then you're going to give yourself more credibility to what you've encountered so you know it's, it's something that sort of needs to be encouraged a lot more to this ufo community to give more credibility to people's encounters so like anyone that takes it seriously would um like you said rule out all the all the natural like what what it could what it could be because i'm going over the years i go on so many pages if it comes to orbs or ufos or and yeah someone would just have the most like crappy and they'll just swear blind they won't listen to other people's opinions like yeah. oh, it might be this it might be this it might be this and if they're not ready to listen but also like you said oh, is it this this or this or this and then maybe you're still looking at it and and it, you know you, you it's still acting differently than all the stuff you'd sort of on the list that you're ticking off then like i just feel like anyone that's interested in this will look at 
like even with ghosts, like people just hear a noise and oh, that's a ghost. It's like you got to look at all the all the possibilities before you just go, okay, maybe this is paranormal. You know, like just really, really, really look into it before you just jump and get excited and share it to the community. Yeah, that's mm. it. Uh, a good uh, one for that, that is, um, like, you know, the house is like at nighttime there when they cool down, they bang and clatter and, you know, that's a good yep. one there. And yeah. <laughs> people yeah, think, oh, exactly. that's a ghost or something, banging on walls. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, Michael. That's in Australia yeah, where it's cool. hot, you, you know, it gets hot and then it cools down like, quite rapidly, so... I was just going to say with, with my encounter, and I've heard other UFO researchers talk about this, I've I've talked to G about it, um, I've talked to other people about it, I've talked to you, but I haven't actually gone and done anything officially. And that was proven, um, if you ever watch any of Stanton Friedman's uh, lectures, he's passed away now. And when he talked about, uh, when he would do a lecture about UFOs, he'd get everyone in the room and okay have you seen you know a ufo and everyone had raised their hand or a lot of people raised and he says okay how many of you had reported it to say mufon or some other organization like that and i think most people would drop their hand and out of you know maybe five or ten out of the whole room and there's probably a hundred in the room have actually reported it to say a place like MUFON or, or NICAP or, you know, the UFO mm. Reporting Centre or something like that, that, you know, um, most most of us don't. Or this day and age, we, we put it on our social media platform, um, you know, so do we believe it? Well, we just... We just little little Jimmy, I saw a UFO <clears> on <throat> Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we, we just, as like, as, as we've said before, as good as our our phones are a, a nighttime photo or even just just go and take a daytime photo go to your local airport and try and take a photo of a plane taking off yeah. what it looks like to your eyes and what it turns out on your phone is not is yeah. not is two totally different things altogether yeah exactly oh that's a that's a perfect example i was going to use then to like go and take a photo during the day do and take a photo of a plane even if it's taken off or even if it's just going over the top of the sky like it 40,000 feet or whatever and you know I, I find that a lot of people when they say like they've seen it seeing a tic-tac ufo sort of flying across the sky there especially when they're driving you know they always seem to be driving yeah. so they can't go and pay attention to what's yeah. in the sky that says little tic-tac there and it's probably nine times out of ten it's a probably a bloody plane in the distance there that it looks because like we can't focus on the swings or the angle in you know, the perspectives and like a lot of the yeah. damn things that people are seeing are explainable and you know, I, I sort of feel like, you know, the, the UFO community, I'm, I'm probably going to get a bit of hate from this, but I find the UFO, UFO community is really not doing justice to itself here, like assuming that everything is a UFO at this point in time. You know, there's so much out there that's explainable. And, you know, people get like, especially contrails. People are seeing contrails and go, oh, is this a plane or a UFO? It's like, I'm pretty yeah. sure we've been seeing jet planes for the last, how, what, 60s, I think it is? What's that? Like yeah. 50 years yeah. we've been watching jet planes fly yeah. with bloody contrails. And I'm sure everyone's aware of what a contrail is. Yes, okay, they are a bit of a chemtrail. And it's too <laughs> Not every plane is a chemtrail. They are contrails. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, look, I could go on there. I could probably cause some more hate towards myself with my own opinions. But anyway. Are we going to have different opinions? You can't all just like nod and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
and just agreed like that's what makes stuff like this conversation we're having now interesting that we'll all have a slight different opinion on every topic so you've got to have you've got to have your say and if people can't you know handle you having maybe a slightly different opinion then that's their problem really yeah that's right yeah like, look because i'm all about the truth that's all i want i want the truth and i want people to understand yeah, the, yeah. the truth um you know but you, by acknowledging the truth you have to be understand the Oh, acknowledge the reality of not everything is a UFO either. So that's yeah. you know, that's, that's exactly. so. Look, uh, before we finish up, guys, like any um, final opinions you want to share with us there? Or well, Mark, we'll start with you, mate. If you want to go on, um, got any opinions oh, you want to go well, and share before we finish up? Yeah. <laughs> um, just look. I I believe that we're not alone. Um, we are being visited, and um, until somebody brings me some more information or evidence contrary to that um i'm going to stick with 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 that and just say yep <laughs> fair enough yeah that's all good jay what about yourself mate i just want to quickly say you know it's been great to jump on here and chat to you and yeah i'll definitely be keeping an eye on i did share this this podcast before i jumped on and just yeah also i shared a couple of my encounters i've had other ones as well Maybe one day I might discuss them with you or whatever. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of crazy, strange stuff happening. But also, like you pointed out, don't just you know see like a you know firefly or a, a light reflecting of a moth or a plane and say, oh, that's paranormal, because you kind of are discrediting all the people that do have some really good evidence. You know, you're kind of going against. You, you feel like you're adding to the like you're trying to help the community, but really you're kind of you know, doing the opposite when you're adding just a bunch of bullshit really to, you know, like some really good evidence. So just, you know, before you just jump in and start having your opinion, you know, make sure you sort of, you know, take your time and look into it properly because there's a lot of um, just, you know, it could be a, it could be a plane instead of a tic tac or whatever, you know, but yeah, thanks for having us on though. Thank you very much. No, I appreciate it. Um, geez, uh, share your channel, mate. If um, people want to go and check out your food channel and your uh, little mini paint channel there, mate. Right, no worries. Um, what is it? Is it Warhammer sort of stuff that you're painting up, or is it? It is. I do have some stuff like laying around here like this. That's the go. Yeah, or paint a lot of orcs. Nice. Yeah, it's basically, basically Warhammer stuff, yeah. Yeah, I used to do a bit of the uh, the old miniature paintings there as a teenager there, um, but sort of got out of it a little bit there, and I actually quite enjoyed it there. I had um, a, a, some sort of weird board game thing, and it was like knights and like it was like a, a, an old medieval sort of army there. But they were, I actually painted them all up, and because it was all really basic sort of stuff, like I think it was orcs and humans or something, like that, but it wasn't Warcraft, not that, you know. But you know, they were. Um, it was something weird and different. I, I don't know what the hell it was, but yeah, I actually ended up painting them and they came really cool. I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. And then uh, I ended up getting a, a Warhammer one there myself and painting them. It was actually good fun. Yeah, I used to be into it as a kid, but got back into it, you know, as an adult the last few years. Yep. So yeah, it's uh, definitely helps. It's good for relaxation, you know, a bit of mindfulness and stuff like that, just to focus on that, take your, you know, not, not sort of focus on all the doom and gloom in the world for a bit yeah um, absolutely now what were you saying then mark oh i was just going to say i'm i'm a, a bit the opposite to uh to g i'm 
I don't do miniatures, so I used to do miniature model trains and things like that, but uh, I've taken a step back in history and um, I'm actually restoring a um, steamroller. That's, oh, nice. that's an actual uh, steam traction engine. Um, but, uh, yeah, that particular one on screen now, uh, it also can be a, a steamroller. And uh, it was built in 1926, so... I've gone further back in time um, and something completely different to UFOs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right back. Yeah. That's cool. As. Um, so we, uh, Funkin' Hungry is the channel for you there, Jesus, uh, with PH. Yeah, Funkin that's the one. one. The yeah, PH. PH. Bit, of, bit of play on words there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then the, the miniature hobby I'll just share that I, is uh, yeah, G the Hypersapien. If anyone does, I do mainly do painting and sometimes you know review tools and stuff. Yep, that's a G the Hypersapien, righto. Yeah, um, yeah. Send us links there, mate. I'll throw them in the show notes there if people want to go and check you out too. Um, when this gets posted up on the audios and that, um, I'll even try. Oh, no worries, thank you. It up, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what you say, Mark. I was just going to say, how often do you normally do this? Is there anything regular or is it just whenever you can sort of thing? Um, it used to be uh, every fortnight there because I used to work around my work roster there. But now I've um, started a new job there. I'm trying to work around the roster there and it's really mm-hmm. throwing me out a lot. Um, trying to keep a an, keep an organized sort of streaming regime. Yeah. Um, but I guess the best way to do it, guys, is just um, make sure you're on the Facebook page there and you'll be getting notified a couple of days prior to when I'm going to stream. Mm. Um, or at least the day before or something like you know, just best yes, the best bet. Just make sure you yeah, um subscribe to the Facebook page there and hit the little notifications thing there so you do get notified when there is a post up from the page. So that's probably about the best thing I can offer to in that regard. Because yeah, I just don't know until I can organize something a bit better there. I'm I am in the works there for trying to work on something um on a bit of a weekly basis there, but it just won't be on the same day basis. Like like I used to try it every Monday fortnight, but that's just, yeah, that's thrown out of at the works now. Yeah, that's so, fine. I, I followed you on Facebook and stuff before I joined as well. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. Appreciate mind. it. No, that's wonderful. Oh, no, well, guys, uh, I'll finish it there, guys. And um, again, thanks for joining me, mate, and sharing your stories. That is absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, it brings more light to the whole topic of what the reality is out there. So, yeah, yeah thanks again, guys, for sharing with us. Thank you. No worries. Take care, All man. Well, best. Take, talk to you soon. Yeah. Catch you. And that will do it, folks, for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. And don't forget, if you or someone you know has had an encounter, please get in touch with me to be featured on the podcast. If you're a fan of the show, you can support the podcast by purchasing some awesome merchandise that's available on our online store via the link provided in the episode description. So thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you on the next Encounter Down Under. Hooroo! Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango 
lemon and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.